This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today we have with us Commute Air to discuss pilot job opportunities and some new exciting announcements. Before we get started, we have a few announcements of our own. Uh, as you know, I've been telling you folks to go out to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast. And check out that page because we're putting a lot of new events out there. I'd love to meet everybody, and it's been really exciting to meet everybody at all these different air shows and events that we're doing. And having me post on that page and telling you, hey, we're going to be there has been wonderful. I'm so glad you folks come out and reach out to me. By the way, don't be shy. If you see me with a microphone interviewing somebody, come on up to me and say hi. Of course, I'll be in the the orange polo shirts that we always wear at those events. Uh, just wait. Wait till I'm done with the interview and just kind of wave at me and say, hey, come here. I want to say hi to you. I know a few of you have said you saw me, but were afraid to interrupt me and all. But uh, don't worry about that. Just come up to me and say hello. Say hi, Carl. It's great to see you, that type of thing. Um, I know a lot of folks haven't see me but take a look at the picture of me on the facebook page again i'll be in the orange shirt the sport aviation expo a really cool event in sebring been going there for a long time and it's quite inspirational this year it's january 24th through 27th and it's in sebring florida in the middle of the state it's always a very cool show in many ways first of all it's cold physically cold in the mornings there it is central florida but it does get cold and uh, so wear your sweatshirt bring your sweatshirt for the mornings it warms up in the afternoon we've got some great opportunities with speakers there uh, some of these folks i've interviewed in the past uh, some of the speakers i'll have there is captain romani she's the first female fixed-wing pilot in the afghan air force uh, peggy chambria president and founder of women in aviation international cat swain is also an instructor military and civilian pilots and now a drone pilot expert. Another person I've interviewed a few times, incredible uh, individual, amazing background is Dr. Story Musgrave, an astronaut who performed the first first shuttle spacewalk on the Challenger's first flight into space. So come to the event, check out the speakers, and also say hi to us. Well, anyway, today we have with us, uh, coming uh, from the cold north, we were just talking about the cold south being Sebring, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, the folks at Commute Air Airlines, and joining us today to lead the discussion is Paul Greco, and Paul has with him uh, Marie Hassan, uh, Joey Daliwa, and uh, Jeff Harris. Hopefully I said that right, Joey, but uh, welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks. Great to be back again. And it's great to have everybody else on the show. And welcome back to Aviation Careers Podcast. And I'm so excited for uh, some of these new announcements. So, Paul, let's get started here. Uh, we have a couple of announcements from Commute Air. And by the way, if you want to hear more about uh, Commute Air and some of their programs, et cetera, we actually had them on a, a few episodes ago. And you can also check out uh, while you're listening to this, if you're on the Internet, go to Facebook.com slash Commute Air. On their page, by the way, uh, I want to mention this. It's really cool that you put the events on that page, and uh, hopefully I will be able to make some of those events so I can actually uh, be there to speak with some of you folks uh, and also visit with the folks at Commute Air. So make sure if you want to say hi to the folks at Commute Air, uh, try to sign up for some of those events, and uh, some of them are through other organizations like OBAP and Women in Aviation, et cetera, but they're all throughout the country. So uh, hats off to Commute Air for being out there. Anyway, Paul, uh, you have a couple of new announcements, and 
and I know uh, one of them is really important. Uh, we talked about this offline is the letter of agreement signed with the pilots. So why don't we start there? Sure, yes. Yeah. So um, a couple of weeks ago, the association came to an agreement with the uh, with the company and we signed a letter of agreement um, for more money. So um, that's never a bad thing. Um, the essentially we the sort of the, the condensed version is that um, the remaining dash captains were moved over to the ERJ pay scale. So that's, you know, roughly a uh, I guess like a 10 or 10 or 15 percent pay raise there. Um, but the big, big news um, in the LOA was that we're now paying first officers after a their first full year from from the date that they sort of graduate training, um, they're going to be paid as dash captains. So the dash cap, even though the dashes are being retired, we'll talk about this shortly. Um, even though the dashes are going away, the pay scale is not, and um, our guys are going to be our FOs after their first year will be paid at dash captain pay, which is. Uh, quite a hefty raise for uh, first officers. Very, very, very competitive uh, pay second year uh, in the industry. That's a great benefit and a great selling point, too, for, for commute air. So I think that's a that's a terrific yeah. benefit to the pilots. So along with some other things, I'm assuming, in the LOA uh, having to do possibly with work rules, that kind of thing. But uh, the biggie is the pay, of course, for most folks. Yeah, the, yeah it's mostly a pay-related um, uh uh, issue and there, it does get into another point that we want to talk about, which is uh, a few downgrades that have occurred as a result of the the early retirement of the of the Dash Eight fleet. Um, but part of the LOA was that the company. Well, let me let me take a step back. So the in um, in a, about a year ago, the 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 company um, uh, went through some incredible growth and. Um, folks were hired right in uh, their new hire training uh, into uh, captain spots on the dash eight. They were not senior enough to hold. Um, they were not senior enough to hold captain on the ERJ, so they would have been ERJ FOs in training. But they did. They were able to hold captain on the dash. So they these folks were elected to to go that route. Um, with the retirement of the dash eight fleet happening ahead of schedule. Um, they were not senior enough yet to hold captain on the ERJ. So part of the LOA does talk about um, these downgrades. And essentially what uh, what happens is those the folks that were downgraded are pay protected and they will be paid at, at on the captain pay scale um, while they're FOs. So that there's no, even though, you know, so the company recognizes that it's, a, you know, it's a pretty big hardship. And they're uh, they're pay protecting them, which that's, I think is uh, really good. You know, that, good for them. That's awesome, Paul. That, that's good to hear. Just as some history uh, in in the moving of fleets in general and airlines, and and obviously I've been through this quite a few times, is when you moving to a different fleet type. A lot of times this will happen. You'll have people displaced and downgraded, etc. 
they're normally in most contracts, uh, they will not be compensated the same, uh, only for a short period of time. Uh, so this is, uh, and just to reiterate, this is something that most airlines don't do. So I think that's terrific that you stepped up to the plate uh, in having those people that are going through those downgrades uh, because they can't hold a position on the jet. Uh, and, you know, for those people that don't understand, there's it's all about seniority. You know, I've talked about it before on the show quite a few times. If you look at me, I mean, I've, I could be a, a junior captain in one base, but I'm a senior, uh, or excuse me, a junior captain in one base, but I'm a senior FO in another. And that's a different type of lifestyle. And that's a choice that we make. Sometimes things happen like a change of equipment, that type of thing. And that happens uh, all the time uh, throughout the industry. Uh, and a lot of times you will not be paid protective for that. So this is a, a good opportunity for those folks. Uh, so they don't have to really adjust their lifestyle too much. So hats off to Commute Air for doing that. So I'm glad you, you recognize them and, and their efforts and the fact that, you know, this is this would be a huge change in their lifestyle. With that said, uh, those folks that are, are having to downgrade, they're downgrading not, they're going from a turboprop to the jet, to the FO seat. So now all those folks will be going through cr- training, correct? Yeah. So, you know, it's so and a couple of points. One, the, the total number of people that, that downgraded, just so you know, it, this wasn't, a, you know, sort of a, a this giant systemic, you know, issue. But it was um, uh, there was about a half dozen or, or less initially that were were downgraded. So we're only talking about I mean, six people now. And, you know, and it is it is, um, you know, certainly an unpleasant thing when it happens. But it there's only six people. Um, and, uh, um, I think, I think it, you know, like you said, it's, it does really, it's really nice that the company stepped up and, um, uh, is essentially covering, um, their costs. I mean, there, you know, there's no loss of, there'll be, you know, no loss earnings on their end. Um, having said that, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, the company also did, which I think is great. And Jeff can talk to this more specifically than me, but, um, they, they train, they're training now into the left seat, um, directly. And so these, the, the folks that were downgraded are going to be trained as captains on the ERJ. And, um, so they will, um, ultimately uh, fly essentially in sort of a CQF role. They'll be in the right seat, but they'll be dual qualified in both seats so that when they when they can hold upgrade again, which should be in about six months or so, um, they could just slide right over to the left seat. So that's that makes it nice. Yeah, that's a great benefit to them and also to you not having to actually do, I guess, the retraining. I'm assuming uh, they will have to go through an OE experience if they do go from the right to the left seat. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but that that's a great a great deal for them. Of course, being able to just move right on over. It doesn't take very long to get the OE done. Also, talking about training, uh, I know that you folks have been taking on quite a few different aircraft, especially the one forty fives. Obviously, the one forty fives, the Embraers. Uh, great airplane. Love that plane. I've got uh, a good uh, what five thousand, six thousand hours in that aircraft, and it's a it's a fl- fun flying aircraft, and uh, it's something that uh, a lot of people always say they miss when they leave it behind. I was just talking to some folks that were flying it at uh, another airline. They said they're they're really going to miss it when they move on. Uh, to actually 
make sure that uh, you know there's no issues as far as being able to train the pilots coming in. I know that uh, you've had made some efforts to move forward uh, in your training department as far as building up the training and also the ability to handle all these new pilots that are being trained on the 145. Uh, so maybe maybe even uh, Jeff might be able to talk about that. What is what's Commuter done to their training department to, to be able to build up and be ready for this huge wave of new pilots? You know, we've we've really increased the the infrastructure across the board, um, and commuters, you know, spared no expenses to do so. We have a full dedicated sim in Cincinnati um, that you know we're able to do five lines of simulator a day on. Uh, we have increased uh, in St. Louis as well, so we have simulator time in St. Louis, um, and just recently we. Uh, entered into an agreement with CAE for for sim time out in Phoenix, um, and the reason being is you know we don't want to obviously slow our growth with any you know training issues or backlog issues, so we're able to uh, you know currently put 36 people you know through the the training uh, footprint every month right now with uh, with no gaps or, or slowdown in training. So. You know why that benefits a student? Well, you know it's kind of twofold. One, you don't want to you know lose any of your your memory items or your limitations or anything that you would you know gain in systems and then you know wait to to get to the sim and you're you're you know at home and you're forgetting that information then you hit the sim and your your sim progression slowed so we don't have any of that you know we're able to to immediately move from from systems into GFS and then right into to sim and then you know obviously with our commitment to you know being a captain's airline we're we're so sure that you know everyone that comes here is going to be a captain relatively quickly that we we want to pay people as as a captain if they're not able to do that within a year um and so you want to get into uh you know signed off uh, as quickly as possible so that a year later if you haven't upgraded that you're getting that captain pay right away so you know currently we're able to um you know get people from the time they start systems class to the time they're finished in ioe in less than uh, six weeks so we're about 51 days um, if you add in, you know, the seven days for uh, initial in-dock, you know, we're right about uh, mid-60s there, which is, you know, pretty pretty uh, incredibly fast for a regional airline and, um, you know, kind of uh, across the board, you know, shows the commitment to, to training and, and growth that we have at, at Commute Air. It's pretty quick for even some of the major airlines. So yeah. that. <laughs> uh, absolutely. You know, and part of, you know, part of that is, uh, you know, just growing our, our sim base, growing our instructor cadre. We've doubled the size of our ground training facility in Dulles. Um, you know, so everything that we've done is, you know, with the growth to, you know, 60 plus 145s on property. So, Jeff, if you don't mind me asking, I, a lot of folks ask this question of me. And uh, since we're talking about training, how to be successful in training, uh, many folks when they go to an airline they get some information in the mail and a lot of times memory items and limitations my advice is always to make sure you have those down pat before you come in the door so at commute air how can somebody set themselves up for success when they come on board as a pilot you know i think it's kind of you know obviously based on on background so if, if you're you know coming from a, a previous 121 or 135 carrier it's it's to kind of forget, you know, everything at the door, so to speak. You know, even if you have the 145 experience, um, you know, that's a benefit. However, you know, we we have our commute air callouts, we have our commute air procedures, and so it's to kind of go in with that with that clean slate. Um, if you're, you know, new to the 121 world, it's you know to soak up and understand, you know, 
the process from from day one. So, you know, just like every other airline, we're going to provide you with, you know, pre-training material. It has the, the call outs and uh, limitations and memory items. And, you know, we've gone a step further of kind of laying out the expectations of of what, you know, at what point in training do you need to know what, um, you know, and so that allows, you know, people to know whether they're behind or on on track at, at any point. Um, and, and then because of our our size, you know, you really have uh, the ability to communicate, you know, directly with myself or, or other training managers um, or instructors directly and get that extra one-on-one help or, or need that you may, you know, need to be successful to go through training. You know, Jeff, I, you brought up a great point as far as forgetting what you have done in the past, especially with the 121. I know from my experience, I, I went to four airlines the first four years in the industry because I got hired in, in right before 9-11. And it is, I see it happen often, and I saw it happen <laughs> many, many times where people say, well, this isn't how we used to do it at whatever airline. Well, that's because that's the other airline. Every single airline has their own systems knowledge that they need to put forth. They also have their own call-outs, like you said, and their own checklists. So it, it's like a dump everything from the past and move forward. And I think sometimes that can hurt you in training. It, it does hurt you in training if you're holding on to the past. Just forget about it. You're here. This is where you are. This is what you need to do. And these are the checklists you have have to memorize so so just remember that pretend like you're you're brand new when you're on the aircraft that's a that was a wonderful point jeff i really appreciate that one you know absolutely and i think you know just the the training mentality in the 121 world and in the training you know aviation training has, has changed considerably um you know it's, it's really on a need-to-know basis and as the aircrafts you know become more and more advanced us as aviators, you know, don't need to know quite the depth of material that maybe we once did. Um, and so I think, you, you know, people get hung up wanting to know every, you know, nut and bolt and, you know, ribbon on the aircraft. But but really, you know, it's, it's less memory items and more reliance on QRC and uh, procedures and, you know, quick action cards and, and various things that maybe weren't around in the industry, you know, five, ten years ago. And that's industry-specific. I mean, it's, uh, it's industry-wide, I should say. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I think a lot of people complain about, no matter what airline, is just what you said. It's like, I remember the day when I used to follow a molecule through the engine and the exhaust. And, you know, those days are kind of over. You still can find that information. It's fun to know for those aviation geeks out there like me. I love to look at that stuff. Uh, but do you really need to know that? Do you need to know the mil spec of the hydraulic fluid? No. I mean, we used to have to know that stuff. Not anymore. It's right. just fly the airplane. Uh, so that's a great point, Jeff. That's terrific. Uh, so it's a little different, isn't it, as far as uh, memory items and, and immediate action items or, you know, all the limitations, et cetera, whatever you want to call them. It's, uh, it's something that's, that's really evolved. And uh, I think the, some people make the argument that we don't feel like we're as safe pilots, but I don't see anything that proves that. And I hear that a lot from other folks that are from the old school. It's just the way it is. And, and we just need to know how to fly the airplane. We don't have to know how to build the airplane, do we? Nope, uh, absolutely. You know, I mean, we're in a obviously the an unprecedented uh, safety record. You know, in the U.S. aviation community right now, and um, you know, never in my aviation career have I you know had to you know figure out exactly what kind of fluid I need to get on my you know 121 carriers fires hydraulic fluid or oil quantity weights or or anything like that, right? So I mean. Um, uh, 
we've made it safer by by focusing on the things that that matter and that's you know really the operation of the airplane not not to how to build it yeah i like how you said that it's uh, the things that really matter and that's that's terrific there when someone walks in the door though at at commute air in the training facility i know we talked about some other facilities out there they will get all their ground training and their flight training in that facility unless they obviously have to go somewhere else to get some of that uh, simulator training but all the classroom and everything it's done on site right there and in what city is it it's in it's in dulles it's right next to the uh you know washington dc dulles airport um so we have uh we've just doubled that size recently um, we've invested in, you know, system software and presentation material so that, you know, our, our pilots are getting, you know, state of the art um, presentation when they're in systems class and in basic in-dot class. Um, that's also where they do, you know, all the emergency drills and uh, doors and, and fire uh, suppression and things like that. And then, you know, they do go to other facilities across the country for their for their GFS and SIM. Um, but, you know, for their first uh, month that they're with Commute Air, they're going to, uh, you know, be in Washington D.C. Gotcha. And when they they're moving into the training, they also is there a possibility that they do some training with, say, the other crew members that are there, say, like flight attendants, et cetera. You know, so uh, that's with our expansion in Dulles there. Um, starting in 2018, they will have the opportunity to do that. Uh, the flight attendants will be in, in Dulles and we'll have joint CRM classes and, and such. Um, you know, previously our space just wasn't big enough to allow that. But, uh, you know, with our investment and in, in our growth, we're able to start accomplishing that. Yeah, that's excellent. You know, it's great to bring all the different work groups together, and you really do get some interesting conversations going. You, you know, I, I, the reason I mentioned that too is you talked about doors, and you know, our doors training is the same as uh, the doors training with the flight attendants, etc. Uh, it is kind of funny to watch the the pilots kind of work through it, and uh, you know, I never haven't done this in a while, and open up the door and close the door, and uh, you know, it's some of the procedures you think are real simple, but uh, you have to remember what to do with the door after you open it if there's some different procedure on your aircraft uh so it, it can be it can be fun it can be a lot of fun let's put it that way to watch people open the doors especially the pilots uh, absolutely you know we've even taken it a step further recently by by bringing all crew members here to cleveland um and spending a, a day and a half with uh with our team here in Cleveland to see, you know, what SOC does so they can interact with dispatch and maintenance control and crew scheduling and, you know, kind of the behind the scenes uh, airline world that most of the time when you're on the line, you don't see, you may pick up the phone and, and talk to dispatch or maintenance control. Um, but you never, you know, actually see how those organizations operate or you don't put a face to the name. And so, you know, we've made that investment to bring people over here for two days and they spend some time, you know, getting to know our dispatchers, getting to know that interaction, you know, amongst the working groups and kind of strengthening the CRM that that you're going to use, you know, on the line and specifically as a captain. Well, that's terrific to be able to interact with all those different groups and uh, it makes your life easier once you're out there on the on the line, especially to speak their language. <laughs> and, uh, one last thing, though, as far as training is concerned, I'm sure that some people have had challenges. Maybe you've seen certain things uh, in in the training and certain challenges that people have had. Uh, is there any advice you could give people that are listening that are maybe going to commuter in the near future that they should do to prepare uh, so that they don't run into those same challenges as some of the other pilots? You know, I think the the, the biggest uh, recommendation is to communicate. Um, if you feel that you're getting behind during training, um, you know, communicate that to myself or, uh, you know, a, a training manager or even your instructor that, that maybe you need some more help. 
Um, if something's going on in your personal life um, that's affecting your ability to to study at night and you know you need to get home but you don't want to bring it up you know that can cause uh, problems with students as well so I always you know tell people they you know to give me a call give our crew admin team a call um, just communicate that if there's anything that we can do because it's easier to solve problems early before they actually become you know larger issues down the road in training and Jeff one last thing because you brought it up and I get this question often the, people ask me, you know, if I have a family issue, say my, uh, it happened to me, my sim partner, his father had a heart attack. What do I do? Do I fail training? And, and I'm sure I know what your answer is going to be, but, but what happens in that case? Yeah, you know, obviously we hired you because we want you to be a commuter. And, you know, the, the advantage that we have is we're, we're still, um, you know, a small airline that everyone knows everyone. And, you know, you're going to meet uh, myself you're going to meet the other managers. You're going to meet crew admin uh, here when you come to training. And because of that, you're going to pick up the phone. And you're going to say, you know, my, I had a heart attack. I have a family emergency, whatever it may be. And we're going to make, we're going to get you home first of all, so that you can take care of the issue. We're going to positive space you wherever you need to go. And then once you're home and, and things have settled down, we're going to get you back into the training program. And that maybe that means starting over uh, systems again, you know, from start. Maybe it means just sliding your sims by by two weeks. But, you know, since we want you to be here, since we want you to be part of this team, you know, we're going to take whatever we can do to make that happen. Um, and so really, you know, we, we we're running a new class every 15 days, um, you know, and so you're really you're looking at, you know, the, the longest maybe you'd have to wait is 15 days to get back into that training cycle. Yeah, so if you're listening, you know, just remember these are people, not robots we're dealing with. They're not computers. I know that a lot of times your first interaction with an airline now is online. Uh, there is a person behind that. There's people in the department for the recruiting. There's people like Marie and Paul and Jeff. Uh, these are real people. Don't forget to reach out and talk to them uh, if you do have an issue in training. Uh, and I just bring that up because this is a question that, that many people ask me during this whole process. So great to hear a lot of really exciting things uh, in the training. Is there anything else as far as training is concerned that uh, you might want to announce going forward? Well, real quick, but to add to that point, um, I think one of the other things, is, and it sounds ridiculous because it's so simple, but just have a good attitude. I mean, so many people come in and, um, you know, maybe have problems because they don't have, their, you know, they just don't have the right attitude. I mean, come in with wanting to learn and wanting to do your best. And, and there's not a person here or frankly, probably at any airline that won't bend over backwards um, to see that you get through training um, successfully. Because like Jeff said, we, we all want you to get through training and we all want to see you succeed in your careers and at Commute Air, um, but come in with the right attitude um, for sure. Um, I yeah. think that's, that's a big point. That's important everywhere as attitude is everything. But, uh, but is there anything else, Jeff, you want to add as far as anything coming up in training, anything that's new and exciting that you folks are doing? You know, just that, uh, you know, like I said, we've, we've really, you know, increased the ability to get, you know, people through. We've steam, steam you know, lined the process. And, um, you know, the fact that we don't have any training backlog is, is kind of, you know, uh, unusual for, for the industry. Um, but we're able, you know, we're focused on getting to 61 airplanes. We're focused on, on growing the, the airline and, you know, hyper-focused on, on hiring captains. You know, anyone that comes to commute air is going to be a jet captain, you know, quickly in the base that they want to be at. And, uh, you know, that's a good place to be. You know, I mean, when I'm looking at, you know, other airlines and other competitors, you, you know, the, the growth comes from someone either dying 
or or leaving, right? You're going to upgrade the captain because someone dies or gets another job. You know, a commuter, it's different because you're going to upgrade because we're growing, we're we're tripling in size, uh, and, you know, and we've we've taken the steps necessary to make sure that our training can can do that by increasing our sim time and our our ground training facilities across the country. Well, that's excellent. You know, one of the things that I think is important for people right now is to look at those upgrade times so they can get some of the experience in the left seat of an aircraft. So, uh, Jeff, those are some great points. Uh, speaking of upgrade times, um, I was just curious, you know, what are we looking at on the 145 uh, moving forward as far as uh, from higher date to upgrade? Um, so right now we're actually looking with previous 121 time, your estimation is about six to eight months. Um, if you don't have the previous time, it's essentially going to be once you hit that thousand hours of SIC time. So um, just a little over a year um, and you should expect that upgrade. Um, and again, as Paul mentioned, the compensation at your one year is going to be 5468 per flight hour. Um, so that you'd automatically be a dash captain pay and then after that um, you'd upgrade to um, captain jet pay from there. Um, the other thing too that we didn't mention was the captain retention bonus. Um, that is actually paid out quarterly in a total amount of $10,400. So um, besides the initial $22,100 that you get at the beginning of training um, before you even start, um, you'd be, you know, compensated at regular first officer pay, which is uh, $36.91 per flight hour. Um, and then from there, um, you'd get $8.80 uh, per GM. Then you'd be at the $54.68. Um, once you do hit captain, um, you'd be at jet captain pay, and then you'd also get your retention bonus. So the incentives are really there, you know, for I mean, I would say from your start date to, to four years in, um, besides the CPP program, if that's the route that they wish to go as well. So to be conservative, a year uh, will be a top to year and a half, maybe, till they actually upgrade to captain. Is that a good estimate? Yeah, so, you know, our upgrade times, you know, slowed down a little bit just recently with the dash transition. You know, we talked about that earlier on. And, you know, anytime you, you go single fleet and you bring, you know, a, a large group of your pilots over, uh, unfortunately, the people that were in the right seat, you know, have to absorb some of that that time. Um, once that's completed here in, in January, our last dash flight's January 7th, and all the, the dash pilots, you know, should it be out of training uh, by March, you know, we'll be able to then start running upgrade classes again in March and our, you know, upgrade times are going to uh, decrease rapidly as, you know, we bring more and more airframes onto the property. Well, that's good to hear. It's just, uh, and that's what happens. I mean, you just have that transition and it's, uh, I'm glad to see more and more planes coming over. As a matter of fact, uh, what, how many do you have right now? Do you know, and, all, and, and you're going up to, what is it, 60 you said? Yeah, so we're we're in the mid twenties right now with airframes on property, and we're going to be you know in the mid sixties uh, by twenty nineteen. So wow. we're tripling our size, you know, in the next uh, next two and a half years or or so. That's that's a lot. Holy cow! You know, that's uh, and I'm surprised. I mean, I've seen growth before, but that that's pretty crazy, and that's great. You know, it's wonderful for those people that want to move in to commute air as a career. And uh, in general, by the way, I think Commute Air is a, is a great place to work. I know a lot of you that have listened to this show in the past. I've been working with Commute Air since 2001 when we, we sent a lot of our furloughed pilots over when the 1900s went over to Commute Air many, many years ago. And uh, been just a wonderful organization to work with. And 
the actual culture there is much different than many of the other uh, regionals, and it's a great culture. And I think that has been prevalent uh, for the past, you know, 16 years that I've been working, plus that I've been working with Commute Air. So uh, hats off to the organization there. And I, I think uh, it must come from the top down, you know, obviously, where uh, they have that, that open type of culture. And it seems like uh, from from the get-go in 01, when I worked with them till now, it's, it's pretty much stayed the same. Uh, it still has that family atmosphere, which I think is really cool. Uh, you don't get that in a lot of places. Uh, yeah, so. absolutely. You know, I mean, we're not uh, a 2,000 pilot seniority list. You know, we're we're a 300 pilot seniority list, and uh, you know, we'll obviously be at a th- you know seven eight hundred here in a, in a couple of years. But you know, uh, we still have that family atmosphere to the point where you know every class is going to meet either our CEO or our, our COO. They're going to come out to Dulles. They're going to meet with everyone. They're going to take people out to dinner, and they're going to share a beer with them. You know, and I don't know many companies that that have that to where you can say that, you know, you you drink uh, beer and you had dinner with, you know, your your CEO of, of uh, you know, a decent sized airline, um, you know, and we, we want to keep it that way. And, and we want to, you know, I want everyone to have my cell phone number so that if you have questions or problems in training, you can call me. And I know that our crew admin team feels the same way. You know, we we want to treat everyone as if they're family and and whether the commuter is a stepping stone, we want to help you get, you know, to your next step, you know, at United via the CPP. Or if you want to make this your career, we want to, you know, have those retention bonuses in place to so that you're compensated for staying here as well. Mentioning this CPP, uh, this Career Pathway Program with United, uh, maybe someone could explain a little bit about what that is first and then also some of the changes that are coming. So essentially what the the Career Pathway Program was established with United um, about, we're coming up on two years now. Uh, Essentially what it is, the easiest way to really describe it is it's kind of like a, a preferential interview. So um you the first step is you declare interest in the program and once you do that um your information is forwarded to united where united then sends you um a link in an email to take the online hogan personality assessment it's a personality assessment it's true true false questions uh there's no studying that can be done for it it's just uh you know example you know an example of a question would be um you, do you like to skydive? Do you like to scuba dive? Um, you prefer watching TV over reading? All true/false questions. So that's the um, that's the Hogan assessment. If you pass the Hogan assessment, then you're invited to Denver, where United will positive space you for an interview at their uh, HR facility and training facility out in Denver. Um, if you're successful in the interview, the panel interview, you're then placed into the program, um, and once the requirements of the program are met, which are um, a bachelor's degree, a thousand hours as a captain, or three thousand hours total with c- the company, as well as sort of just being a good employee, right? So, like, no, you know, not too many sick calls, um, uh, you know, don't show up in a chief pilot's office, that kind of thing. You're then um, you you get you get your flight time requirements and. Um, you go to United in seniority order as long as United is running a uh, new hire class. As last year, um, we did send our quota, our full quota of pilots, which was 5% of United's total hiring. So we sent 5% last year. As of uh, January 1st, 2018, 
that number changes to 10%, which so that's a big change for us. Um, and we're now able to send 10% of our total pilot group, I'm sorry, 10% of United's total hiring um, to uh, uh, United. So that's a big change, um, and that's so that's exciting. United um, just announced, I think last Friday, their first uh, new hire class for uh, 2018 and uh, towards the end of January. So we'll be hopefully sending guys to that and um, keep the process going. So your your relationship with United, obviously, you have flying that you do for them. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong. They also are a partner in your airline. So maybe could, someone yes. could speak towards that. Yeah, they're they're a forty percent owner. They have forty percent ownership in our company, um, and we only fly. We are. Uh, I think we're the only airline, uh, the only regional partner that flies strictly under the United Express brand that is that has uh, where United has ownership in us. So um, there's certainly uh, you know a relationship there, and United wants to see us succeed uh, for lots of reasons. One being the fact that they own forty percent of us. Um, so yeah. You know, Paul, I know we're not going to talk about any rumors on the Internet, and obviously we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss some of the different United carriers. But uh, And just an aside note, uh, there's lots of stuff goes around on the Internet about all the different airlines. Uh, make sure you follow up on some of those things. You know, just because it's on the Internet doesn't mean it's true. You know, I hate to say that, but it, it happens, and, and we, we have to look at the, re the sources, et cetera. But with that said, let's look at, at, you, at you. Commute Air and your relationship with United and the other United carriers. Uh, what differentiates you from the other United carriers? Well, you know, obviously, currently we're the only uh, carrier that United has invested in. They, like Paul mentioned, you know, own forty percent of us. Uh, so, what does that mean? It means they have you know two seats on the board. Uh, so, you know, any of our major decisions, United is involved with. So. Uh, you know, when we're looking at at sim time and growth and things like that, where you know there's a large capital outlay, obviously United is intimately involved, and so they're they're helping us, you know, make those decisions. They're helping us, you know, decide, you know, the moves that we want to make, which which is great because we want to, you know, be their first call when they have, you know, a new city that opens up. We want them to pick up the phone and call Commuter first, and you know, us be able to to you know service them as as they need to see fit. Um, you know, we've also have a, a super strong cost structure. So, you know, I know that, you know, obviously there's a lot of United carriers out there. There's some uh, bigger ones. Um, but when you're looking at, you know, from a, a cost structure standpoint, you know, we're, we're very competitive and, and kind of lead the way there. So that makes it, you know, for, from United standpoint, you know, very uh, a good place for, for us to be for, for them because we can, you know, obviously, you know, keep their costs low. And if they're getting, you know, back, uh, you know, 40 cents essentially. And if they own 40% of us, they're getting back 40 cents for every dollar we make. Um, you, you know, that's advantageous to them to to partner and, and keep the growth at the company that has, you know, been able to keep their cost structures and their costs in check, um, you know, throughout the industry, you know. So one of the, one of the interesting points, and in, um, I was dealing with one of our large vendors just recently that uh, services, um, you know, a lot of regional carriers, a lot of airlines and, and 135 operators worldwide. And they made the, the comment that that commute air is uh, the most conservative out of all of the organizations when it comes to 
contracts and signing deals. And, and I really think that shores up, you know, why we've been successful for all these years. You brought up, you know, that thing's changed in, in 16 years as far as the culture and, and what we've been able to do. And, and it's because of that, you know, we're, we're not, you know, jumping into new airplanes, you know, willy nilly or, or entering into long term, you know, agreements for for, you know, sim time or things that cost extraordinary amounts of money when when there's alternatives there. And, and that's attractive to to United, uh, you know, and, and is a reason why they invested 40 percent to us. And, um, you know, we're conservative in our business uh, plan and, and ensuring that we we meet United's needs and we hit that that 60 airframe, you know, growth and, um, you know, uh, keep our operational numbers strong. And one of the, one of the things that gets overlooked around uh, in the training department a lot is, you know, the operational side of things, just because we're focused so often in getting people, you know, to the operations, but, you know, from an operation standpoint, um, you know, we're really focused on operational excellence and that, that starts in the training department. It starts from, you know, day one that someone comes, you know, on board at commute air and it's, it's showing right now when we're we're approaching or just actually over you know 70 straight days of uh, controllable cancels, which um, you, you know we haven't had a cancellation in in 70 plus days, which is a is a record for commute air, and I I you know venture to say it'd be a record for for a lot of airlines, um, you, you know, and so operationally we're we're excelling right now, and you know we're we're not quite where we want to be. Uh, we still have some you know things to shore up there, but but we're moving in the right direction as we as we grow the airline. And that's excellent to hear all that because uh, one of the things that I, as an applicant, want to know is uh, if I'm going to a place that'll be around in the next few years. And it sounds like you will be, and that's terrific moving forward. Uh, and one of the reasons I highly recommend Commute Air to many people, uh, I think a lot of times uh, they don't get the recognition they do deserve. And uh, some people uh, still to this day think you're still flying the, the turboprop 1900s, and boy, things have changed. Uh, and, and for the good, with uh, all the these different things happening with a new LOA, your retirement of the dashes, uh, many more aircraft coming. Uh, this, this CPP, the the fact that you folks have a great cost structure, and the fact that you're you're really a strong company and competitor for the folks wanting to fly and getting good experience. The type of flying you do is great experience for folks that are moving on to uh, to the majors. Uh, really important that that relationship with the majors and. Uh, when you're looking at your resume saying, hey, I, I used to work at Commute Air, that actually is something that's a positive uh, when moving on to the majors uh, for those that are looking to, to make a quick jump there. Uh, absolutely. And, and if you, you know, you obviously, you know, you've experienced the, the furloughs and the downgrades and, and such. And if you w- want to talk, you know, industry, you know, uh, you know, bad things or when bad things happen in the industry, you know, where would you rather be, a, you know, an airline that, um you know, United owns all the airplanes, but doesn't have a stake in, or an airline where United owns the airplanes and has a 40% stake in, um, you know, I can, you know, I honestly say, I want to be at the place that, that my operating partner has a stake in me because, you know, they're going to see a return on, on the money that, you know, they're still getting and and obviously take away the flying from, from other airlines where I'm not getting a, a dollar return on it. 
Very well said. And, uh, you know, I think that's about all that we have, and we're going to wrap this up in a minute here. But uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't tell people where they can find you folks. Remember in the beginning I mentioned uh, that they have a lot of events, and you'll see Marie, Paul, all the folks, and uh, uh, I'm assuming you'll be there, Jeff, every so often at some of these events. It'd be really cool to actually meet you in person. A great way to find out is actually on their Facebook page. Also, they have a really cool website. Uh, and you can get all this information right there, videos, etc. And that's at flycommuteair.com, flycommuteair.com. Of course, you can go to commuteair.com and find it too, but flycommuteair.com has all the information about like the CPP program, uh, some great advertisement out there, and, and also where you're based, etc. If you want to find information about the airline, it's right there. It makes it really easy. You can follow them on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, it's really uh, a really forward-thinking airline, and I think uh, you, you've proven that based on, on what you have out there on the Internet. Is there anything else that you folks want to say before we wrap this up here, Paul? No, I mean, I think we touched on everything. Um, I just The only thing I, I would leave with is, um, and I mentioned this the last time uh, that we spoke uh, about Commute Air, um, I think that this company has provided me with opportunity that I – for sure would not have had at other uh, airlines. And the opportunity that I have um, had is a result of the growth that, that the company's, you know, um, is sustaining right now. So, you know, the, you want to triple in size. And so there are new jobs that open up. So there's jobs within the training department. There are jobs um, like uh, ground instructors, sim instructors, check airmen. Um, there are you know, we need to triple size of company. So now, you you know, you need pilot recruiters. So uh, now I'm here uh, doing interviews and, and recruiting pilots. So there, it's not just, it doesn't have to just be about getting in an airplane and flying an airplane. There are other things that you could do at this company to make yourself marketable. Um, if this is a, a stepping stone, which it is for most of us, you know, uh, you know, and I think that that's one of the greatest things about uh, working here is that, I've never been discouraged from, uh, you know, doing what I need to do to, to, to move my career forward. In fact, I've been supported, you know, all along the way. And as I, my time at this company is likely, you know, coming to a, an end in the next couple of months, um, you know, it's, I've been supported all along the way. I've made lifelong friends um, and I, I have nothing but positive things to say about working here. And, um, you know, Jeff made the point of, you know, working for an airline that is owned by United and, you know, and things like that. And that's great. Um, but also we have, we're on the front side of this growth. You know, we're 20 planes into, you know, we're, we got about 20 planes, 20, 23, 24 planes out of 61 planes plus. So, you know, we're way ahead of the growth and, like you mentioned earlier, Carl, seniority is everything in this business, and you get seniority by moving up the seniority list, and the, you do that by having growth and attrition, and we have both. So, you know, we're get, straight off the bat, 10% of our pilots are not going to be here by the end of this year because um, uh, they're going to United. That's that's a that's a straight off the bat thing. That doesn't include any other airline. We send people to um, you know American Delta. JetBlue, Southwest, Spirit, you name it, we got guys going everywhere. And so, you know, you have you have those people that are leaving too. So, I mean, I, I don't know how there could ever be a better time 
um, to come to any airline, you know, if the bases work out for you. So give us a look. I think, uh, you know, we've got, we've got a lot to offer, um, in the industry. And, uh, and as I said, you know, the, the thing that makes any, any company, no matter where you work or the people and the people here have been incredible. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, your managers, I, as a very, very brief example, um, I had a, I had a problem over the summer. I couldn't hold a day off and I was trying to get to a wedding and, uh, for somebody in my family then I called the chief pilot and he just gave me two days off just like that. I mean, you know, m- you know, wave of, of his magic wand and I, I had two days off and I was able to go to the, uh, to the wedding and the, that stuff goes a long way. And I'm not the only person they've done that for. They've done stuff like that for lots of other people. Um, you know, and I, I, I've got tons of stories like that. I was sent home in training on the weekends because my wife had a, my, my uh, youngest son was only two weeks old. So they sent me home to go check on. That was three years ago. So it's not like that. That wasn't something that was done, you know, because the industry is competitive now. It's just who this company is. They want to take care of their people. So, um, you know, as I said, I've got nothing but great things to say about working here, and I hope uh, we see see some new faces on the line. Well, guys, this has been great. I I know you'll see a few faces, especially after this goes out. I love that you've told your story. And from my perspective, if you want to work for an airline that really cares about its people, and also you want a really fast pathway, say you want to work at United, uh, it's a great place to go, but it's also a great place to hang your hat and make a career. Uh, Commute Air is, is a wonderful uh, company to deal with from uh, both the outside and also from the inside as an employee. Uh, says a lot about the company. It's been around for a long time. And uh, they, like I said, everybody I've talked to that's been there has been very happy with their experience. So what I, I'd say to you if you're listening right now, make sure you do something to move forward in your career. The one thing I want you to do is check out their website, flycommuteair.com. Check out what they have to offer. Uh, you know, one of the things that and I, I know what's going to happen, you're going to you know, hit the stop button after you, you've listened to this podcast. Well, don't let it just stop there. Write it down. Call a friend. Say, hey, could you look up this website for me and email it to me if you're in the car right now? But, but don't stop here. Do something right now to move forward in your career. Find out more about Commute Air at flycommuteair.com. Well, folks, this has been terrific talking to the folks at Commute Air. It's been terrific talking to you. We'll talk to you next episode and safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved. 